98K News. It's one o'clock. I'm Andrew Shirovsky. The headlines, the government plans to table legislation proposing to double the plastic bag levy. Health officials say about 150,000 people have already downloaded a QR code to use as proof they've had COVID. An activist, Tam Tak Chi, has been sentenced to 40 months in jail after being convicted of sedition. The government has proposed to double the plastic bag levy to $1, and a bill is scheduled to be tabled at LegCo as early as late June. Last week, government advisors proposed raising the levy from $0.50 to $1 or $2. Damon Pang reports. In papers submitted to the legislature, the Environmental Bureau says that, for start, it wants to double the plastic bag levy to make it more effective. It also proposes to cancel an exemption for frozen food items. It says people can still get exempted for takeaways, but for one bag only. The government said that when the levy was first introduced in 2015, the number of plastic bags thrown away fell by a quarter, but that rebounded in subsequent years. Meanwhile, the Bureau says it hopes to implement the household waste charging plan in the second half of next year. Initially, it will give out free designated garbage bags to all 3 million households, but only for a short period. A leading microbiologist, Ho-Pak Leung, says he expects that around 1 in 10 COVID infections in Hong Kong will eventually be schoolchildren after in-person classes resume. 14 pupils came down with COVID yesterday as some schools resumed in-person classes after more than a three-month break. And Dr. Ho says that's in line with expectations. The Hong Kong University academics said government figures show that in the past few days, dozens of children between 3 and 11 have been diagnosed with COVID every day. He says with nearly 200,000 of the children from this age group still unvaccinated, the government should try to boost their vaccination rate over the next month. The government says about 150,000 people have downloaded a QR code as proof that they've recovered from COVID. The code was launched yesterday for people to enter premises that require the vaccine pass. A Deputy Chief Information Officer, Tony Wong, says people generally need a minute or two to complete the application for the code, and things have gone smoothly. He says people may be unable to get the code because they didn't report their positive case to the authorities or because their input data differs from what's been reported. The government says it's extending the weekend and public holiday opening hours of four vaccination centers earmarked for children from Saturday. The four venues, including Glen Eagles Hospital and Hong Kong Children's Hospital, will open from 8 a.m. till 8 p.m. on weekends and public holidays. They'll operate as usual from 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. on weekdays. The arrangement will last until May the 15th. Shanghai reported COVID-related deaths for the third straight day with seven new fatalities. It comes as the city's new locally transmitted infections edged lower. Kenny Hajart reports. Shanghai health authorities said the seven patients who died all had other illnesses, such as cancer, high blood pressure and coronary heart disease. The city reported more than 16,400 new local asymptomatic cases, down by almost 1,000 from the day before. New symptomatic infections stood at around 2,500. The business hub again accounted for the bulk of the mainland's COVID cases, as the nation reported more than 19,800 new infections. Activist Tam Tak Chi has been sentenced to 40 months in jail after he was convicted of multiple counts of sedition. Vicky Wong has more. 
The 50-year-old was found guilty of chanting seditious slogans, including Liberate Hong Kong, on several occasions from January to July in 2020. He was also convicted of four counts of public order offences. In handing down sentence, District Judge Stanley Chan said a deterrent sentence was needed because some of the offences were committed after the national security law came into force and while Tam was out on bail. He also stressed that the incidents happened just after the violent protests in 2019. Tam was also fined $5,000 for one of the offences. A vet from the Society for the Prevention of Cruelty to Animals says the opening up of pet-friendly parks is a fantastic move. From tomorrow, more than 60 government parks become pet-friendly, bringing to 100 the number of such venues in the city. Fiona Woodhouse, Deputy Director of Welfare at the SPCA, told RTHK that studies showed people visited pet-friendly parks more often and stayed longer, so it was a valuable community resource. She said she hoped one day that all parks could take this inclusive approach. I think we need to be looking at opening up more and more of the parks. Um, we're seeing this with um, LCSD, but also other government departments who are in charge of public open spaces, and also even other entities, private entities, um, the Hong Kong Jockey Club with Penfold Park, um, and also Shankwong Road. Um, so we've got different uh, parks that are available, even um, there's AFCD have the Lions Park in Sai Kung as well. So there are different groups that are doing this, um, and private entities as well. Um, but the more the merrier as far as we're concerned. Turning overseas, Ukraine's allies say they'll send more military support to help its forces push back a renewed Russian offensive. Following a video call between Western leaders, President Biden said the U.S. would provide extra weapons, including artillery. Russia has accused countries helping Ukraine of trying to prolong the war. But the Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky said even more military aid, aid was needed. If we had access to all the weapons we need, which our partners have and which are comparable to the weapons used by the Russian Federation, we would have already ended this war. We would have already restored peace and liberated our territory from the occupiers because the superiority of the Ukrainian military in tactics and wisdom is quite obvious. If they have the weapons that Ukraine needs here, needs now, if they have the ammunition that we need here and now, it is their moral duty, first of all, to help protect Meanwhile, Ukraine is expected to top the agenda when finance officials from the world's richest countries meet later today. It's the first such gathering since the Russia-Ukraine conflict erupted in February. G20 officials will gather virtually on the sidelines of the World Bank and IMF spring meetings in Washington. Russia is expected to attend the gathering remotely. A bomb blast at a bar in eastern Nigeria has killed at least five people. Nineteen others were seriously wounded in the explosion in the town of Iware in Taraba State. The state has largely been spared the violence further north in Nigeria, where the army has been fighting jihadist groups for years. The BBC's Chris E. Walker reports from Abuja. Eyewitnesses said the explosive was inside a bag hidden at the drinking spot. A police spokesman, Abdullahi Usman, told the BBC that one of the suspects was killed, but it's not clear if this was a suicide attack. Iware is a major market town where traders converge from different parts of the country to buy and sell livestock and foodstuffs. Ten years ago, three suicide bombers on motorcycles rammed the convoy of a local police chief. Eleven people, including the attackers, died in the blast. 
The Hollywood actor Johnny Depp has appeared in court in the United States on the fifth day of a defamation case he brought against his ex-wife, Amber Heard. The lawsuit centers on an article she wrote for the Washington Post in which she described herself as a victim of domestic violence. In halting testimony, Mr. Depp said the allegations against him were untrue. Never did I myself reach the point of um, uh, striking misheard in any way nor have I ever struck uh, um, any woman um, in my life. Johnny Depp is seeking 50 million U.S. dollars in compensation. Scientists say they are now able to detect bacteria in urine that appear to be linked to aggressive prostate cancer. The discovery may help doctors diagnose and treat these dangerous tumors. Here's the BBC's Michelle Roberts. Bacterial infection is known to play a part in the development of some other cancers in the body, such as the stomach and bowel, and now researchers believe they have proof that the same could be true for the prostate. The University of East Anglia team studied more than 600 patients with and without prostate cancer to check if bugs in urine might be associated with the disease. They found five bacteria that were linked to aggressive prostate cancer cases. This could be useful clinically, since current checks such as PSA blood tests and biopsies can't always predict which cancers are dangerous. Netflix says it lost 200,000 customers between January and March this year, the first drop in more than a decade. The value of shares in the streaming service fell by about a quarter in after-hours trading. More from the BBC's James Clayton. Netflix had an exceptional pandemic, piling on subscribers, reaching 220 million globally. But things are now looking far less rosy for the company. It lost 600,000 subscribers in the US. Growth elsewhere has slowed. It's also forecasting even worse results in the next quarter, potentially losing another 2 million customers. Netflix blames increased competition from rivals such as Disney Plus and Apple TV, families sharing passwords, the company's exit from Russia and increases in the cost of living. A short time ago, the Hang Seng Index was at 21,208. That's 181 points up on the previous close. Turnover stands at $51.3 billion. In currencies, the U.S. dollar is trading at 128.52 to the yen. The euro is standing at one U.S. dollar and eight cents. And the pound is worth 10 Hong Kong dollars and 22 cents. In sport, Liverpool blasted Manchester United 4-0 to go top of the English Premier League. Luis Diaz opened scoring five minutes into the contest at Anfield before Mohamed Salah scored twice. Sadio Mane was also on target. Liverpool defended. Andy Robinson Robertson says his team's performance was exceptional. It was a really good performance. I think from minute one we, we dominated the game. We knew they had to change something and it was about coming out in the second half with the same intensity and, and trying to get the next goal because, you know, 2-0 was a, a horrible scoreline and a really enjoyable night and, yeah, you know, not, not many teams would have, would have lived with us with the way we played tonight. To be honest, I enjoyed our work off the ball the most. You know, I think when we lost our reaction to the ball was was incredible. You know, we put really good players under pressure and, and when you do that, you can, you can force them into mistakes and I think our mid Field three were outstanding today, pressing all over the park, high energy, and, and we all kind of followed suit. And like the goals we scored were incredible, but you know, off the ball, I thought we were exceptional tonight. Both teams showed their support for Cristiano Ronaldo. Both sets of fans stood for a minute of applause following the death 
of his newborn son. The Portuguese forward, who did not play, was given a standing ovation by fans in the seventh minute. Both sets of players walked onto the pitch wearing black armbands. Man U have been embarrassed by Liverpool in both of their Premier League meetings this season, having been outscored nine goals to nil. Interim boss Ralph Ragnick says his players were simply outclassed. They are a different calibre right now. If you go through their team and if you look at, uh, have a look on the team sheet, they had four players who had already started uh, for Liverpool, not even in, in, their, in, in their squad. And this just shows what kind of quality team they have built in the last six years. I mean, to make the long story short, they are just six years ahead of us. United's latest defeat has amplified calls for Eric Ten Hag to take over as their manager. An announcement is expected in the coming days. United are sixth in the table, three points behind fourth place Tottenham, who have a game in hand. Tonight, Manchester City will look to go back on top when they host Brighton. Chelsea welcome Arsenal in a crucial London derby, while Newcastle hosts Crystal Palace. Everton resume their relegation battle when they take on Leicester City. Burnley, who enter the night third from bottom, are at home to Southampton. After being relegated last season, Fulham have been promoted to the Premier League following a 3-0 success over Preston North End in the championship. Defender Tim Ream had been a key part of the Fulham squad all season. Yeah, incredible. To do it at home uh, in, front of, in front of our fans. Um, you know, the, the way we did it, Storm in that first half, is, yeah, not many, not many better feelings. Um, yeah, now we're, we're going back to the Premier League. A new record in women's football will be made as tickets to England's group games in Euro 2022 have all been sold out. More details from the BBC's Adam Samuel. Tickets for the final of the women's Euros at England's National Stadium Wembley have sold out, meaning the match is set to break the attendance record for a women's football match in the country. All of the host nation's group games have also sold out. England will open the tournament against Australia at Old Trafford in front of over 70,000 people. The final is set for the 31st of July. In the first round of the World Snooker Championship, tournament favourite Neil Robertson has beaten debutante Ashley Hugel 10 frames to 5. However, the 40-year-old isn't thinking about a second world title. The matches are so long you can't get ahead of yourself and... You know, look at potential draws or anything like that. You just gotta, just gotta play, really. I mean, I've always done that in any tournament. Doesn't matter what it is, even, even the Tour Championship a couple of weeks ago when there's only eight of us. You know, even then it's just, you know, you're literally just playing it sort of frame at a time. Pretty boring analogy, I know, but um, you know, it's pretty much all you got to do. And to the weather, it'll be mainly cloudy with sunny intervals this afternoon and one or two showers tonight. Moderate east to northeasterly winds. The outlook, one or two showers in the next couple of days, and it will be hot during the day from the weekend until midweek. Currently at the observatory, it's 25 degrees Celsius with relative humidity, 61%. And to end the news, the top stories once again, the government plans to table legislation proposing to double the plastic bag levy. Health officials say about 150,000 people have already downloaded the QR code to use as proof they've had COVID. And activist Tam Takchi has been sentenced to 40 months in jail for being convicted of sedition. The news from RTHK.
Good afternoon and welcome to the 123 show with me, Sadia Osmani. After 1.30 today, JJ's Music Box. Last week, Jayan Javeri's musical journey moved from female vocalist to legendary male vocalist. And this week, Jayan makes his musical journey to India and gives us an insight into the life and music of Kishore Kumar. Kishore, a multifaceted artist who excelled at singing, acting, directing and composing. He also had a real talent to sing in different voices and yodeling being one of them. And then after 2.30, Cruz McCallaghan joins me for her weekly audio column and her chosen subject for discussion today is fridge magnets. Now, I've tried very hard to think of a pun for this one and all I can say, it sounds really cool. That's it. If it seems like I've been lost in, let's remember Feeling older and missing my younger days Oh, then you should have known me much better Cause my past is something that never got in my way Oh, no Still, I would not be here now if I never had the hunger And I'm not ashamed to say the wild boys were my friends Oh, cause I never felt the desire to let music set me on fire 